Hey, welcome to a uh, emergency episode of Golf Nerds with Guy Cross. I've got a guest here who has just drained a putt to win here, Web.com event in Louisiana. Mr. Vince Cavello was kind enough to give me some of his time during a previous uh, Web.com event here in Panama uh, over a year ago. I recorded the podcast for radio here in Panama, both to go out um, during my live broadcast and to go out on the radio station's podcast. Um, Literally, this is the backup file I um, had from my phone. Being a a media pro, darling, I used an audio recorder and um, my phone just to make a backup. The original file I don't have access to now, but I thought in light of his win to celebrate um, and of course, you know, he just won an event. Um, I put on this podcast with Vince. He is such a nice guy. He gave me so much of his time. Stunning player. Well-deserved win from Vince. And um, let's hope he makes it to the Big Boy Tour soon. Enjoy. So, um, I'm not start- I've started this, but I've not started. Okay. Um, the radio show goes out to the whole public. Okay. So it's the most popular radio show probably in Panama. Because it's the biggest radio station and it's the breakfast show, which is generally the sure. biggest show. Yeah, anymore. exactly. Sure. Um, so there's, it's to non-golfers. Okay. Um, so as much like I love to get into like why you choose your gear and stuff like that, I just it's just not what people want to hear. Okay. Um, if we end up rambling on, we might find a podcast and send it in because um, I love all that stuff. So I'm sure there's a few guys who'd be curious to hear it. Um, but I'm just going to start. And um, don't worry, I'm not going to make you look stupid. <laughs> okay. I do a good enough job of that myself. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just thinking of the same, the exact same thoughts about myself. Um, so I'm here at Club de Golf Panama with Vince Covello. Um, it's the web.com Panama Open this weekend. Uh, Vince, welcome. Um, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, thanks. Uh, glad to be here. I'm from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania originally, and I'm 35 years old. And this is my third time to Panama now, uh, playing this event, and it's a great event. Uh, the club does a wonderful job hosting us, and thrilled to be here. The weather's beautiful. It's nice and warm. We're just back in the States. It's not, not like this yet back there. and um, So it's, it's a treat to be here. And you say it's the third time here. How, um, how do you find Panama? I, I love it. It's a, it's a great mix of cultures. Um, you know, there's definitely an American influence in here and, and now a little, I seem to see a bit of an Asian influence in here, especially with the foods and stuff like that. And, um, I had a friend, Miguel Ordonez, who's a, a great player. Yeah, in the area um, that was actually on my college team back in the oh, States. Wow, yeah. yeah, we both went to the University of North Florida in Jacksonville. and uh, So he's always been a gracious host when I come down is here. Is Miguel playing this weekend? He is not. No? He is not. No, he played last year. Yeah, that's fine. Because uh, he played well on the Latin American that's right. amateur that was out here. Um, this year he did not. He played in Chile for that. and Which um, I think the he, schedule's going to tie up, I Yeah, guess. exactly. So I think he just missed the cut. But he is here. He took us out to dinner last night and took us to a great place downtown. Where did you eat last night? We ate uh, uh, Maito. Maito, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's great, great. 
unbelievable food. Um, some of the best ceviche I've had. Uh, <laughs> and just, just an awesome little atmosphere. So it's a cool place everybody should go check out at some point. Awesome. And then you've almost... My next question was going to be, do you manage to break the tall bubble? Do you get out? Do you get away from the hotel and the golf course? You obviously did last night. Have you done anything else in your times in Panama? Yeah, no, this, and that's actually today I'm making a trip over to the canal. Yeah. Uh, i got to go see that and do the little tour over there. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but that's something I've been wanting to do the last couple of times here. It's just time is so quick during the tournament weeks. You have your, your practice days that seem to fly by, and then all of a sudden it's tournament time, and it's rather exhausting some days in the tournament, playing down here in the heat early in the year when we're not quite, you know, build up to stamina yet. And, um, so it's nice to get back to the hotel and relax in the air conditioning. And, um, and compared to a regular tour stop in the States, how does Panama's tournament or the, or the venue feel? Well, it's great. It's definitely one of the top ones, I believe. Um, the course quality and the, the difficulty of the golf course is, is one of the things we always look for. Um, you know, the, the, it stands the test of having 150 guys here, and, and you know, it's usually you know 10 to 12 to 15 under par that wins this tournament. Sometimes single digits if the wind yeah. picks up. Um, the course plays difficult, and it's a, it's definitely a challenge out there. And uh, the club itself is a, is a beautiful country club, and the members do a great job hosting us. I just found out that they're a big part of putting this tournament on. And uh, I'd like to thank them for it, if there are any of them are out there listening. And, I'm sure there's a couple. Um, it's, uh, it, it's a treat, the way they take care of us here with the transportation and the food and everything. I know it's a big expense, and, but we really appreciate it. You um, mentioned the beautiful venue of Club de Golf. Um, I think for a lot of Panamanian people, people who live in the city, it's still a bit of an unknown venue because not everyone plays golf. Um, as it's free to come and watch the tournament over the weekend, um, I certainly recommend people coming up to see. Have you any advice for someone who's not been to a golf tournament before, like how to come and enjoy the day? Uh, definitely wear comfortable walking shoes. Uh, it's, a, it's a good walk out there, but there's plenty of places to hang out under tents and in the air conditioning and, and grab a cerveza or a, <laughs> a Cooper Libre or something like that and um, you know, enjoy yourself and have a good time. Bring, bring as many people as you can together so you have a group of you that you can all hang out and enjoy yourselves. And um, you know, Definitely wear the sunscreen because the sun's strong out here. We I'm both sure got red hair, man. I, I, I fried today. I yeah. don't know about you. I'm sure. I'm sure the local people are rather used to it. But like I said, early in the season, we're coming out and we're not quite up to stamina yet, and the uh, the heat and the humidity or something that you know can take a toll on you a little bit. So make sure you're hydrated, um, whether it be with beers or water. Either way, there's no bad way. <laughs> and to how go many about drinks, it. beers do you drink again? Oh gosh, none during the tournament. <laughs> but uh, when I'm back home with my buddies, I'll definitely have one or two out there just to have a good time and enjoy it. That's because you're a better golfer than me. My golf is bad enough without the beer. Um, shooting from the hip now, so if you want to say, I don't know, that's fine. Okay. What's your funniest story from the tour? Ooh, funniest story from the tour? Um, Depending on how X-rated the story is, depends on the audience. But yeah, of <laughs> course, of course. Uh, my gosh. It's tough, you know, like in, in the tournaments... Oh, man, on the spot, I'm having a hard time coming up with something. Nothing. In the, in the Head down it's work. Like, yeah, it's, it's definitely our job, right? Like, we enjoy yes. doing it, and it's, we're, we're blessed to be able to do it. And um, it's, a, it's such a great game. It's such a difficult challenge. Every day is such a different challenge for us um, that you need that focus. 
to be really strong to be at the best of your game out there. Um, so then it's hard to see any of the there's lighter moments. There's definitely a bunch of comical moments, sure. I mean, there's, uh, my gosh, I mean, you know, between some guys having to take their shirt off or, like, you know, even strip down to their underwear to hit a shot out of the water every once in a while and they yeah. get a face full Have of water and they hit it. I've, uh, I've gone shirt off. Um, How did it go? Try to keep my pants on at all yeah, times. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never gotta, seen a golf shot where you need to take your underwear off. Yeah. But, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I know, you never know. Sometimes it could happen, but, uh, you know, it's it's definitely, you know, it's good to work on the farmer's stand because, you know, we get sunburned on the elbows down <laughs> Absolutely, and, yeah, and yeah. face and stuff, but, uh, yeah, our, our chests aren't so uh, tan. But, uh, so, you've taken your shirt off for a shot. How did the shot go? Well, I, I got wet, um, and I, but I did get the ball back out of the water into the fairway. And I Were, probably, you playing, were you playing in a tournament? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're playing for money, so yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you gotta clean. You got to take a minute to clean yourself up. Most times if you're in there and you have to take your shirt off, you got to take your shoes and socks off too. Yeah, you're absolutely. you're pretty much in the water. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, but it's always a, an adventure out there. You know, you've had to hit some, you know, I'm a right-handed golfer, but every once in a while you got to take a left-handed swipe at it, flip the club yeah. upside down and do something silly and... Um, How often do you practice that kind of thing? Uh, not that often. <laughs> Is it for me, especially when I was playing more competitively? It would be, I feel like I should stay at the range and practice today, but I'm bored out of my brain, so I'm just going to goof off and I can go and stand up against a buggy or a cart and hit some left-handed shots. Yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely times that I'll pick up a, a friend of mine's clubs who's left-handed, and, yep. and he'll pick up mine, and we'll go back and forth, and you know, see who can hit it further with the seven iron or something like that, or with the driver. And he's uh, his name's Tim Wilkinson. He's a left-hander from New Zealand. Yeah, um, and he's actually very good right-handed as well. Um, Some people are irritating like that, aren't they? Yeah, and you know, the the idea is if, if you know how to, you know, the golf is a lot of golf in the entire world is based off physics and, and yeah, of gravity and, and certain forces that are that are set in stone. Um, and if you know how to control them, then it's it becomes no, the same for both sides of the uh, golf ball. It doesn't matter where you're standing or how you do it. But our coordination is it's a good test of the brain and it's a good test of your you know your hand eye skills to just try and challenge yourself in any way possible. Yeah. Now. I'm showing my knowledge and at the same time my lack of knowledge and I'm going to put you on the spot. So Ben Hogan was left-handed. Yes, that's the rumor. I've heard both. Oh, you've heard both. See, I've heard both. But I, I, I've, I've not heard a lot more it, like, that he's left-handed than right-handed. But I've, I've read five lessons a thousand times. Sure. But I've not really looked into him much because... Yeah. I think personality-wise, he's probably lacking. Yeah. Should we say well, delicate? He was, he was very keep to himself kind of guy. That's a much nicer way of putting it. Stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd always thought he was left-handed, but never, never read around that at all. But I was thinking, because obviously, golf is a for a right-handed golfer, your left hand is more dominant. Which doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, the left, left, the lead arm, whichever side you're hitting from, the lead arm, the side closest to the target is your yeah. guide arm, and the trail arm is the power supplier. Yeah. Um, you know, Phil Mickelson, who's a left-handed golfer, is right-handed. I didn't know that. Yes. So it's kind of the op- the same but opposite of Ben Hogan. He must hate being called lefty. Yeah, probably. Um, um, there's definitely seems to be a more a bigger influx of left-handed golfers now. I mean, there's there's a handful of them out here. There's probably. You know, six, six, at least six of them out on the web.com tour this year, and I know there's, yeah. there's a handful more coming up on the PGA tour as well. I, um, my mum's left-handed, okay, and she tried to train me to be left-handed. She was convinced I was left-handed. I'm not at all, okay. Um, 
I had scruffy handwriting in school with my right hand, which is the correct hand for me to write with. You've got to love the English language there. Um, but she was like, no, it's because he's left-handed. Put the pen in the other hand. I didn't know which way up to hold it in my other hand. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, in our parents' era, it was more of a stigma to be left-handed. And my mum felt she'd battled through the stigma and was free to be left-handed and wanted me to be the same if that was the case. I think now golfers are, if it's correct to say, more free to be left-handed. There's plenty of gear around. Most people are making good golf equipment both ways around. Correct. Um, it's still not equal, then. It's still not equal, and I think that's just based off the percentages. Um, yeah, just money. You know, I played a long time in Canada, and there seems to be a lot of left-handed golfers up there, uh, more than anywhere I've seen that I've played. There, there must be a thesis for someone in that. Yeah, it could be have something to do with hockey or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's yeah. their national sport. Or one of, like, that's their big sport. I don't think it's their na- it's curling is their national sport up there, I believe. But um, hockey is definitely their passion in Canada. Yeah. And... Uh, whether it be something with the body motion or the way that, you know, maybe the, the, the famous greats of hockey might have been left-handed, so the kids grow up swinging a hockey stick left-handed or something like that. And obviously a hockey stick's a little bit easier to produce than a golf club. It's just, yep. like, you know, a piece of wood or carbon fiber and curved a little bit at the end. But uh, I know you guys don't have a lot of that down here. <laughs> no, no. I, I See, my knowledge of hockey was I couldn't even remember if a hockey stick were, was ambidextrous ambidextrous no it's definitely not curved. so yeah they're curved um, and that's to help get the puck in, you know in the air yeah. same as like having a lofted iron okay. kind of thing to help get the ball in the air a little bit but uh, yeah it's I mean being lefty is always a challenge I think there's lots of things that aren't equal for left handed yeah. people um, but it's definitely catching up I think the whole world and, and the, the, the mass production of of products is getting that much easier and the technology that we use to create a golf club now is just you know using the computer imaging and then they can just flip the computer imaging to create the, the cast and the mold to, yeah. to make the clubs and stuff it's become a lot easier now than what it was back in the olden days but talking about mass production um i first bumped into you at the web.com event last year and i was drawn to you because of your golf clubs because i hadn't seen so many of them you, you use a Japanese manufacturer, which I'm going to ask you to pronounce. Uh, it's called Mira, M-I-U-R-A. I never know how to say it. I've never yeah. really said it out loud. Mira. Um, they, they were a small company for a long time, and they're now starting to grow. Yeah. Um, they have a very finished product. Their forgings are done in Japan. Uh, they, their claim is that they, they're, 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 they're selling point, not their claim. Mm. Uh, their selling point is that they forge their clubs meaning they pound them to shape yeah. out of a single block of steel three times longer than any other company does. Okay. Uh, which makes them denser on a molecular level. Um, so it's a, it's a very solid feeling club. It, it lasts and it, and it holds up through the test of you know a season for us and hitting, yeah. hitting thousands and thousands of golf balls. And uh, the quality of product that, that they can narrow the tolerances down to make sure that they are the correct way to create correct specifications and you know just a complete total finished product when it shows up in your hands is by far to me it's very important being a professional and being a perfectionist and trying to be the best I can be yeah I want the best products in my hands to to help me succeed but uh, I definitely have noticed the difference I've been with them for nine years now and I, I don't I'll never be able to play another iron in my life and how often do you change your irons then uh, like I'm, I know you've not left Mura but you might right. just replace sets, yeah I'll, re- I'll replace them probably 
About once a year. I switched in the middle of the year last year to a different, uh, same brand, just different type within yeah. the brand. Um, and started playing well with the new head. So sometimes a fresh look helps every once in a while. But then it, uh, when you practice and hit as many balls as we do, the grooves will start to wear out. Yeah, of which, course. Uh, affects the spin on the ball and the spin is very important to us when we know how to control the spin um, you know it creates the curvature from from left to right or right to left or the the height that you can get on the ball or the ability to stop it on the greens uh, or sometimes even when you see the pros spin the ball back you need you know good quality grooves that aren't worn out to be able to do that so then as a professional golfer myself i know that you can have clubs re-grooved um and I've had that done, and I shop and grooves on my own golf clubs occasionally. Like, I probably should do it more often, but who's got time for that, really? Yeah. So, another pop quiz for Omura for you. Mm-hmm. Do they recommend you having your clubs re-grooved or have the grooves sharpened, or do they just say replace them? Um, I would say replace. Yeah. Um, especially now that, like, you know, they've, they've gotten, they've changed... The, the North American side of the company has changed hands, mm-hmm. uh, and they're with a much bigger company now that's in charge of the distribution on, yeah. on this side of the ocean, on this side of the Pacific, and they're starting to do some really good things with the company. Um, they have way more models of clubs for all types of golfers, yeah. not only lefties and righties, but different qualities of golfers from, yeah. from scratch handicappers and professionals all the way down to the beginners. Um, and the game improvement irons that will help yeah. you play. Now, yes, they are a little bit more expensive, but like if you can afford it, it's definitely worth the purchase in, in getting them. Um, yeah, I, I don't play Mura irons, um, but I've hit them. And I know lots from Asia, I know a lot of golfers who had them. And they were, especially in amateur ranks, there'd be golfers playing clubs that were 10 years old, irons specifically. And like, there's no need to change this. I invested in them. They're still great. Right. Um, and that's that's true to some sense. It's when you find a club that you love, mm. it's tough to give it up. Yeah. Uh, but the technology has advanced a lot in golf. Even in uh, irons? Even in irons, yes. With the, with the weighting and the, the different shapes and, and where they can move the weight and the, and the sole widths and uh, the shapes of the club heads to get different kinds of turf interaction. Like, you know, when you hit, when you hit into the ground... You know, they can change the shape of the bottom of the club so that it doesn't dig into the turf so much or that if, if you're one of the guys that needs to be able to dig into the turf more, you can have a sharper leading edge on it that will help get down into the dirt more. Um, there's all kinds of little tweaks and, and, and stuff that, that are available now that weren't necessarily available 10 years ago. Um, as far as being able to hit it further... I think a lot of that has to do with the lofts on the club and yeah. the shafts and, and the fact that clubs are, can, are now being made lighter and lighter so people can swing them faster yeah. for the most part. So there is a technology gap that's been, you know, changes every five to ten years and it's worth upgrading, uh, hmm. whether it be Mura or another company or, or any any of the other big name brands out there. Um, it's definitely worth investigating if you are a golfer and, and you know, serious about your game or even just want to go have fun with the game. Sometimes it's everybody has fun playing well with golf it gets frustrating That's when you exactly don't play well my point and if you usually. can if, you know if you can spend a couple hundred bucks or maybe even a thousand dollars to you know get more enjoyment out of your game if you do it enough if you do it every weekend or you know a couple times a week or something like that yes it's a yes it's an investment but it's an investment to your fun and that's what the game should be about is having fun yeah i think um 
although a lot of people might disagree, I think golf clubs are relatively cheap. Um, obviously, like anything, you can spend as much money as you want to on golf clubs. There are gold-plated Japanese forged golf clubs for $20,000 a set. But $1,000 buys you a decent golf bag. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, you know, there's, there's 14 clubs in the bag, and, you know, I always recommend that people have fresh wedges because that ends yes. up being a very part of the game that the shortest clubs in the bag are the ones that get used the most yep. you have to chip around the greens and you have to hit little short shots from the fairways and the bunkers and stuff like that and that that can be very frustrating if you can't execute those shots when you're so close to the green and you can't do it properly um you know the, the new drivers and stuff like that they get a little bit more expensive they're on the you know a couple hundred dollars a piece kind of thing but yeah if you want the 2018 driver from almost any company you're going to be lucky to get much change from 500 bucks yes but for a full set of irons and wedges you can do the whole thing and have you know out of the 14 clubs in your bag you can have 12 new ones or 10 new ones and yeah you can do that for a thousand bucks and that's uh you know then you it's always nice to have something fresh it's like getting a fresh pair of sneakers or shoes or something you know you put them on and you're like oh these are so comfy and this is great. Like, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do this sooner? I honestly always recommend my students, um, just for the fun of it, make when they're getting into the game. The first thing they buy is some wedges because they're pretty accessible. Um, two wedges in a bag is um, people argue about this, but it's enough for most players to you know after your gap wedge the two specific wedges. And, you, you know, 200 bucks. You can have some great wedges that would not look a million miles different from the wedges in the bags of the guys on tour here this week. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they wouldn't look different because they're basically the same. But and even for the beginners that are just wanting to learn the game, I think it's very important to learn the game from the green backwards. Of course, everybody wants to get up and see how far they can hit it and give me the new driver and let me swing as hard as I can. But if you if you are trying to learn the game, I, I'd suggest starting... At the green, learn putting, learn chipping, learn bunker shots out of the sand, and then start to work your way back. Then, then go to the irons, and then go to the woods at the end. I think that's the, the most important way to learn the game of golf, especially for kids. People often ask me about the golf ball and which golf ball they should use. Um, I give them an answer that I've stolen from someone else, but and it's the answer nobody wants. is Because people are looking for a golf ball that usually that flies further or one that has loads of spin in the short irons so it sucks back on the greens or checks up nicely because that's cool undeniably Um, I would say whichever one feels nice off your putter yeah because that's where you make your shots I agree there's there's definitely a a fitting process to go through for the the serious golfer that wants to find the right golf ball for them Um, and, and that in that case, you would start with how the ball reacts off the irons. Make sure you're getting the proper spin rate off the irons. And then you can change. The drivers are so adjustable nowadays that you can adjust the driver to fit the ball. ball. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I mean, if you're a feel guy and you want something that feels nice and soft and, and doesn't have a loud sound, then you go with the softest ball. Um, and then, if, you know, the, the putting is, is it's a personal preference. Lots of times the putters now have inserts in them that make any ball feel soft. Yeah, I know the, the the Odyssey putters now have have great inserts that help get the ball rolling. Are you using um, an Odyssey putter? I'm, I'm using a Scotty Cameron, yeah. but I kind of switch back and forth. The putter's very mm-hmm. fickle for me, and I like it's one one or the other. 
It's which Odyssey which, or Scotty which Scotty is it? I, I was a, watching yesterday. I forgot. It's a it's a just a blade looking one. It's called the Super Rat. Um, it's got a German stainless steel insert. It's pretty fancy looking. So it's a, an answer style. It's an answer style yeah. putter. Yep. Yeah. Uh, or a Newport, as Scotty would call it. Yes. Um, and then something similar with Odyssey. Um, I had a mallet for a little bit to kind of have two to go back and forth if, if like I wanted a different look and sometimes a fresh look helps just with alignment purposes I, like, or feel purposes or, I had or whatever a, I just got my first um, the first Scotty that stayed in my bag for a long time it's probably my third Scotty but I hadn't really gotten on with any of my previous ones so I've just got a uh, Del Mar okay. which is the Newport 3 now or something yeah. they call it um before that I was playing one of the ping mallets um, catch it's another word I've not really said out loud very often but you know the one yeah what was I have before that oh, I had an Odyssey two ball yeah um, but answer style but with the two ball at the back okay I think they called it a two ball blade yeah um, but yeah I was all about having a fresh look just keeping it um, keep my eye interested in the game which is another phrase I've not really said out loud but it just gave me something new to look at sure and it, uh, it, it keeps your focus when you have something new you kind of you're trying to learn that that piece right like you have to adapt to it a little bit there's always little differences between the two and um, it just kind of makes you it keeps you fresh keeps you on your toes a little bit which gets your focus back in place now we're rambling and we're well into the weeds but you've made me think of something else and I'm just going to get your opinion on it um, how do you feel about putter grips do you, do you have a specific grip you use? I think it needs to fit your hand where it feels comfortable in your hand. Yeah. Um, I'm not big on the the big grips, yeah. uh, the oversized grips. I'm not big on that. I think the hands are an important part of putting, and I wouldn't yeah. want to ever take them out. Uh, that's kind of your natural feel. Yeah, completely. Um, it'd be like trying to throw a, throw a ball stiff-armed or something yeah, like or that. Yeah, from the palm like, of your hand. Yeah, or from the palm of your hand. Like... Uh, It's the same way. You can change grips, and if it's within reason, you know, and it fits your kind of philosophy on things, or you know, I'm sure lots of people don't know what their philosophy is with putting. Or some people don't golf. think about these things as obviously right. as much as we appear to do. Exactly. Um, as long as it feels comfortable in your hands, like you know, some some putter grips are very skinny. Other other putter grips are oversized and very big and feel bulky in your hands. I'm kind of in the mid range. I wouldn't call it a mid size, but it. It's on the smaller end, but it's not the skinniest grip I could possibly have. I, I left the stock grip on my camera for the first time, yeah. um, which is possibly why it's the first one I've gotten on with. Who knows? But um, There's definitely some weighting issues when you start putting on bigger grips that, that make the putter feel lighter or something like that, too. So It's a lie. It's not the first one I've left the grip on, you know. Yeah. No, it's not. Because okay. I had a bullseye, Scotty yeah. bullseye, yeah. Um, which had this really cool leather grip on it. Okay. Um, and it felt like it would have been sacrilege to take it off as sure. I still played. Yeah. Um, and it was a tightless leather grip. Um, I was just telling the tour rep my other Cameron is now a paperweight on my desk. It's <laughs> off. It didn't didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> but I left the stop grip on that, and maybe I should have changed the grip. It was a mallet putter, and I felt it always sat closed. Yeah. Well, uh, pointing left is not a good thing in golf. Lots of times for a right-handed golfer. Nobody, any, nobody wants to miss left. No, it's a lot easier to push it out to the right and judge your judge your aim that way. But. Yeah, I, I just didn't get on with that club at all. Anyway, this is not really about me. Um, 
I think I think that's about us. We we could have gone off and talked about Tiger, but let's not. <laughs> Everyone wants to hear about Tiger. I'm glad he's back. Yeah, me too. I'm glad he's back. I, I wish him the best. Um, now, as I'm not competing with him, and I know indirect, you're only competing with him indirectly at the moment. Um, I want to see him do well. Sure, I think I think lots of people do. Um, he's good for the game. He's done a lot for for golf and for professionals, and he's made us hold ourselves in a higher standard of what we need to do to be really successful at the game of golf. Um, You've got to expand on that because when it comes to Tiger Woods and his legacy, I can think of two things: one positive, one negative, and it could go either way. Which you mean? Uh, on the golf course. Yeah. On the golf course, the guy works and grinds harder than anybody else I've ever seen. And by grinds, I mean he tries his hardest every single day out. Um, there's lots of people that get frustrated and angry, and I, you know, they kind of they might hit the next shot with not the best intentions or not the but not the same focus. And the focus that he carried over through every single day on the golf course is just incredible. That's what that's what made him. You know what he is. Did you get to watch much of him at Torrey last weekend? Not really. I was kind of had a couple of days off and was just sitting at home. And yeah, like, sure. Didn't really but feel like I, thinking about golf that's much, exactly how I came away feeling about sure. what you've described. Is no, I know he was. He, he didn't drive the golf ball so well, and he he worked his tail off to finish under par for the week and shoot. You know, he didn't shoot over par the entire week. It's 72, 71, 70, 72. Um, and it was he a, finished it was top thirty in a PJ Tour event. Yeah. Doesn't matter who you are, that's a good finish. Sure, and he didn't. He didn't have, you know, he's he's won tournaments with his C game. Um, I, I wouldn't even know that this was on the grading scale. This game that he bought, it's certainly a short game was. He was incredible around the greens. Yeah, but as far as off the tee, I think he'd give himself a, you know, a failing grade. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, 